week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we watched the season finale of Queen Charlotte. And now this week, we're wrapping up the entire season by reviewing the power rankings of all the characters, what we thought of the storylines, did we like the show overall? We're talking all about that and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. For the last time, for potentially the foreseeable future, we're going to talk Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Is that the proper title? That is the the proper title. Oh my God, that is the proper title. <laughs> uh, yeah, indeed. Well, how you doing, Corey? We're here. Um, my my tongue is twisted, apparently. You know. That's just, you know that's fine. I, I did a, a, a treadmill class tonight, and uh, feeling a little over over hopped up. I'm, I'm ready to go. You know. A treadmill is it? Is that like a Peloton, but on the treadmill? Like Kinda, a spin yeah. class? You're, you're, yeah, you're in a room with other people on treadmills and there's someone screaming at you like, dial it up, dial it down, <laughs> while they're blaring Linkin Park at you. <laughs> and it's like, okay, feeling this. Gonna, I would have gone, okay, go before Linkin Park. Just to, Oh, no, no. They, for this, continuity's this, sake. This one lady, she loves to play Linkin Park and Evanescence, and then when it's time for the cool down, straight into Blink-182, miss you. <laughs> it's like, okay. Wow, that gets bleak fast. <laughs> You know, it, it does bring the come down. So you, you do start to <laughs> cool down. I'm like, okay, not going to run intensely to this. Uh, it's fun. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good. I, I was on the elliptical today, so. Okay. Well, what's your music on the Netflix elliptical? Netflix dating shows. I don't watch, I don't watch, <laughs> listen to music because I'm on for too long. Okay. Otherwise, I'd be watching like Fox News on closed caption at the gym, which is not. Not preferable. Not my speed. Plenty yeah. news. I don't know. I'm not trying to see like any anything aside from what i want in the gym (laughs) just dating shows okay yeah exactly just mindless empty calories to just make me get through the the time Mm -hmm. i mean i probably would put on i think if i do like weights i'll put on like shuffle a playlist of like metallica and limp biscuit and probably lincoln park on there too (laughs) whatever gets you it gets the this the mission impossible 2 soundtrack basically yeah our listeners are like you know, we said it last week that they were like, "Why are we still here?" <laughs> they're like, "All right, mm-hmm. now they're talking about Evanescence and Limp Bizkit. Time for us bring to bring it tap back out. to Bridgerton. Let's bring it back." Well, let's let's do that. Well, before we do that, is there any news in the fronts of all of our other series? Well, the the big news is they released the first images from season three of Bridgerton, uh, mm-hmm. which will follow uh, Colin Bridgerton and his relationship with. Penelope Feather- Featherington, who we also know as Lady Whistledown. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're calling it season three. So essentially they're addressing Queen Charlotte, uh, a Bridgerton story, as if it's like the book of Boba Fett to the Mandalorian. It's a side story that continues the main stories maybe, <laughs> but it's not part of the, the main uh, line story. All right. Yeah. And... The early buzz is, you know, from people who read the books and seen the show, they're not crazy over this Colin guy. And I think it goes back to some of our concerns over the Bridgerton family. Are, are they all that interesting to follow down the path yeah, the, of... Our, our favorite was is the... What's the eldest son's name? Tom Anthony. He was... He was last That was season. our guy, and he's last season, so... Yeah. I mean, I was talking to my mom about it over the weekend, and I think Netflix misses the point that a big reason why people watched the first season... Was because of Ray J. Jean Page. <laughs> they they oh, liked yeah. seeing that handsome man and his buns every week, or well, however you binged it every episode, and 
these I don't know if these guys stack up in that respect. Uh, to him, well, so. I mean, let's and let's call it for what it is. If, if people loved season one for Reggie Jean, didn't love season two because it's about Tony Bridgerton, love Queen Charlotte, and are worried about season three of Bridgerton, I'm seeing a trend, and it's the two seasons that people love have black main characters, black, uh, you know, of the like one A's. Well, I think season two, the female lead was of Indian descent. I think that was the direction they went. I think oh, the, the, see, the, I, the, I, re- I know nothing of season two. Like, I know nothing. Well, here's the thing you need to know is that the men, I don't think, stack up to the... I mean, people like Tony. There are Tony, Tony, Tony fans out there. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when you look at Ray Jean and even King George from this season, as straight men, we got to admit, like, these guys are winners. <laughs> like, you're doing well if you're with I mean, them. King George is no Ray Jean, though. Let's, let's be real, but... No, no, no one's Regé Jean. <laughs> uh, but he's handsome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for those season, of you that might have been jumping on, I mean, is there any other news, or should we... It's just that there isn't a, really a timeline yet, it sounds like, for when season three drops, just that it's coming. So, okay, be ready. Be ready. Well, and to go back to what I started saying before cutting myself off, for mm-hmm. those of you that have not been on the ride with the Lords of Grantham long enough to get to this point in the season or this point in the show. We're just here to talk about Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, top to bottom, what we thought about it, and then we're going to quantify our power rankings in a way that tells you how characters paid off at the end. Yeah. Simple as that. So the best place to start this conversation, though, is oh, uh, very broad, up top. Dave, did you enjoy... Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Yeah, I did very much. Uh, I think everyone was so down on Bridgerton season two that I was like, well, we're never going back to that. And then when they started getting the buzz and our timetable with Poldark lined up, it was like, I'll do it, but I might not love it. And it made me remember why not only did the world, but did we love Bridgerton season one. But it, this, I feel like, is a little bit crisper than Bridgerton season one, mm-hmm. a little bit because it's not. I think the flash forward stuff is not always fruitful. I, I will add that you know season two, we have heard that there are fans of season, of season two of Bridgerton. It just wasn't as vocal as it was for the yeah. first season. Uh, people were barking up a storm when they saw season one. Just oh yeah, well season Jaws one of Bridgerton hanging. all yeah yeah. I think, do we need to take into account that season one of Bridgerton comes out in the sort of pre-vaccine days where... It came out Christmas of 2020, December 25th. It's cold. Mm -hmm. You can't go outside still. You're stuck with your family. Social distancing. Yep. You know, there's no... Vaccines are a month away. Mm -hmm. You probably have COVID right then because you all want to see your family. (laughs) So, I mean, I I think the Bridgerton... Uh, Buzz, the Bridgerton season one vibe owes a lot of itself to COVID. Unfortunately, you know, like not not right. much owes positives to COVID, but Bridgerton does. Because um, season two comes out March 2022, last year, and people are already kind of really leaning hard into getting back out there in the world and living their life again. Uh-huh. So it doesn't quite command the zeitgeist as it once did. I think with Queen Charlotte here, it dropped out a good time. Uh, in May, where 
I think the six episodes works in its favor. Favor. It, it's not quite as demanding. The other two seasons so far have had eight episodes at least. Uh, and the, the other big thing too is just the Shonda factor. We've talked about this before, but she's a, been a producer on the show. She is writing this season exclusively, and she's yeah. well regarded for her work with you know Grey's Anatomy, your favorite How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal. Uh, and so to have her behind the, the boards here, I think really makes a difference in terms of the quality of, of what we're seeing, um, just in terms of some of the plotting and, and keeping it crisp, like you said, for six episodes mm-hmm. and, and cutting it to the bone of what we need to get to. And I agree. I, I, I very much enjoyed the season. I actually think I prefer it to season one of Bridgerton. Yeah. that's. I mean, I think I, considering the shows that we watch on this show – there's always like different, differing like a plot, b plot, c plot, all these ensemble characters coming in and out. This is a lot more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like we'll deal with future Queen Charlotte and present or past Queen Charlotte and Lady Danbury, and then maybe we'll throw in Lady Bridgerton. But that's that's really it, you know. As far as I think the other Bridgerton show, we're having the one brother who's who's with uh, Charles Blake from Downton Abbey, Julian Avenden, and, and maybe he's gay. And <laughs> this brother, you know, then we have Reggie Jean is boxing with his buddy, and his buddy has a little subplot going. Yeah. Like, there's not as many moving pieces for this. So I don't know if I would put it over Bridgerton season one overall, but I think, like, it's tough to knock it for mm-hmm. its, it, how concise it is. And, and I think the other thing working in this one's favor, too, is that, the episode one starts with Queen Charlotte being betrothed to King George. It's happening no matter what. Whereas when season two came out, it's felt a little too familiar to season one, just from what we saw from the previews and, and what the story was. Oh, there's a romance plot again. And eventually uh-huh. he has to marry this person. And it's like, we've already kind of seen that. And so this feels a little bit more fresh in that it's like, we, we kind of, we're skipping over that. They're, they're, they're together. How do you work through that? Yeah. Um, which we, yeah, we just haven't gotten to with the Bridgerton. I mean, the back half of season one of Bridgerton deals with that, but that also gets a little bit messy because of Ray J. Jean's character being, uh, has, a, has a dark past and, and how that manifests itself. But this is cutting it to the chase. Uh, and where do we want to go? I mean, there, there, there's very much two tracks with the season. You said you know, there's the future and the past of Queen Charlotte, but it's kind of funny how much older Queen Charlotte's on the poster, but she doesn't quite figure into this quite as much. Um, it's actually young Queen Charlotte on the poster. Maybe I'm just... Yeah, well, they have multiple posters. On well, there's multiple the posters. <laughs> <laughs> but they really do feature the older Queen Charlotte, but she's not that big of a thing she's more of a cap on, on where everything's going it's all about the younger queen charlotte and uh young lady danbury and so it's really those two parallel stories is danbury uh-huh. and charlotte and i think our rankings will prove this out but we both gravitated towards danbury in terms of the story and yeah to my mind i i think she's the most compelling character we've seen uh, for me at least uh, on the two seasons that we've watched just the way in which you see she starts at her personal bottom being with Lord Danbury not enjoying the life with this guy who's pretty much having sex with her on demand because she has to and it's not a good life for her but she has Uh agency in that she 
works with Princess Augusta to get a better home for them, elevate her status. And even when he passes away, she's like, I'm not going to take this line. I'm going to go sleep with this ledger guy over here because I like him. I fancy him. And that really helps inform the, the older Danbury that we see, where, where it's like she knows herself <laughs> in a way that some yeah. other characters don't. And, and so it really makes her logical as the point of the, the voice of reason because she's been through it and she survived it and she's all the better for it. And I think there's a certain charisma uh, with which, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Arsena Thomas embodies her, you know, to really sell that, you know, she's not going to be lying down and, and taking it, which it may be written that way, but I feel that's what Queen Charlotte does for half the season where she's just kind of dealing with King George being incognito and missing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like the future versions of them where, where you're saying it informs Lady Danbury. I think the unfortunate reality of Queen Charlotte, the character, is that we're seeing how her like sympathy and love towards her husband is going to ultimately like corrode her social life and her mm-hmm. sort of, what's the word, um, relatability. Because she has to be in business mode and... Her kids like kind of hate her because she's been a bad mom, and they're afraid to get married because of their dad is is basically you know would be institutionalized if he wasn't the king. Mm-hmm. And Lady Danbury, on the other hand, this show you know Queen Charlotte is about embracing what will eventually destroy her from the inside, which is mm-hmm. brutal to say because she is a great character here. But uh, Lady Danbury, on the other hand is freed from all of these rules and then goes out and instead of becoming insular and jaded and corroded, she becomes this human being that's lived and experienced and done question. You know, she, she's slept with a man outside of wedlock after being married and she's wise for it. Whereas Queen Charlotte just seems this like, like this demanding diva in Bridgerton. Yeah, I, I, in a lot of ways, both of them are just making the best with what they've been dealt. <laughs> uh, pretty much forcing these situations and, and making do with it. And I, I do agree that we reach that point where we see this is the life for Queen Charlotte. She's going to have to balance King George's mental health with her having to raise these kids. And, and that informs who she is at a later point. I feel like that's where we could see like another season of the show because there still feels like there's a disconnect between that young Charlotte and the older Queen Charlotte. There's a certain kind of coldness that the older Queen Charlotte projects that way. I don't think we ever quite reach with the young uh, Queen Charlotte. Yeah, um, there's definitely room for a season two. Because there's the way we leave the season one is there's still some hope, it seems like, for the relationship uh-huh. of young Queen Charlotte with King George, that he can kind of control this for the most part. Um, but it seems very dire when we see her in the later days and it never quite connects the dots. And also I did feel there was a bit of a gap for me in the performances there where older Queen Charlotte's very direct and uh, to the point she, she's very much a queen where of course there's an uncertainty that comes with being so young and being forced into that role. But I just never, I just don't feel like I saw much growth in terms of young Queen Charlotte from episode one to episode six in terms of how she plays the role of becoming more uh, self-assured where it sounds like she's yeah. more just kind of 
protesting the, the, the conditions being put on her and being, uh, you know, annoyed and, and making good points. But it doesn't, I don't feel like she embodies that, like, kind of, like, ownership of, like, no, I'm the queen now. It, the writing is there. The writing is definitely there on some level. But it just didn't come together all the way for me. And that's just I my, think my personal take. There's, like, one flash of it. And it's, to me, in the last episode when Queen Charlotte says to Lady Danbury, like, why were you going to my mother-in-law? to handle the situation about whether or not your son will be Lord Danbury. I'm the queen. I can make anything happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that line delivery is kind of the beginning of what becomes old lady Queen Charlotte demanding her kids to give her what she wants. Because I think, like we see with older Queen Charlotte, when she realizes that, like, oh, no, I haven't been a human to these people, I think the situation with Lady Danbury is, like, She's basically had conversations with Lady Danbury in the past where she's just walking all over her and Lady Danbury's like, hey, you got to calm down. Yeah. And in that moment to Lady Danbury, she's like, I can give you whatever you want. And I think old lady Queen Charlotte is like, I've given my kids everything they want, but she hasn't stopped to think about the humans beneath the good deeds she's doing. Mm-hmm. So more of that would be great. Yeah. Uh, we also need to fill in the blanks on just how many kids she popped out like how did that work out because i mean many <clears throat> what tw- 13 total yeah so there's a there's a lot of road to cover there I, I, there's gotta we be know some she twins. loves her snuff boxes in, in bridgerton so that is true and we, we, gotta we don't ca- really touch on that at all th- this season about the snuff boxes yeah she, she the only i think the only time we see her really imbibe is is maybe a drink here or there and then saying no in the last episode yeah which i did find out confirmed doctors did not have any sort of publications about pregnant women drinking until the 1900s, at least. I think the 1950s. So I don't know if she would say no to a glass of champagne Mm -hmm. because she was pregnant. And I know last week I pointed out how, you know, it seemed kind of funny that the doctors said, oh, there may be a grill coming. Like, how how do you prove that out, really? Uh, Uh But one of our listeners pointed out, uh, uh, Kirsty, that... You know, they're alluding to the fact that Queen Victoria is forthcoming. And and so mm-hmm. it's kind of a wink-wink. I, I get it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, science. Who knew? Huh. Uh, but, you know, moving f- from Danbury to... Uh, Danbury and Charlotte to the King George half of the equation. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you feel about King George? He's kind of the... I think, narratively, he seems like more of a plot device than a character. Really? To me. because okay. And I think they try to give him a lot to do, but I think ultimately he's there to just elevate the Queen Charlotte character. To me. Okay. Where I think he's a good performer, well acted, very well acted, considering the emotional range he's going to have to display and the... Uh, the breakdowns and whatnot, but I feel like all King King George shows up and then starts going, starts acting bipolar as the real King George probably was, and it's just a matter of navigating that to me. I think he's great, and I think it's it's good for the story of his love story with his wife. But I do think that it's a little hollow on its own. I wouldn't say he's a plot device because we do get a whole episode dedicated to his journey up to meeting Queen Charlotte and, and thereafter. 
uh-huh. if anything, it, it may have left me wanting a little bit more uh, out of his, his like you know progression thereafter because it d- does really seem like you know you understand why he's going through this punishment <laughs> uh, because he wants to you know lead and and be present for his wife and stuff, but after he kind of goes to go through his uh i don't know punishments <laughs> with dr monroe it, it does trials. seem his trials it does seem like after they break him out of there he's kind of just the, the supporting husband in the last episode and he's trying and he's struggling to get through it i we could have hung with him a little bit and stayed in his point of view a little bit more but again this is queen charlotte the show is about queen charlotte so i get uh-huh. why he's kind of uh, in the and not the driving force of, the, of that story um, but I, I think it worked for me. I, I think, like, I, I said this throughout the season, I wanted more out of their romance. I felt like we didn't get enough moments of them falling for each other. But they really did drive home the sympathy for him. Like, at first, we were questioning, like, does this guy, is he just a nerd? Because he loves the stars in the sky. <laughs> is he a werewolf? How many squats does this man do to have buns like that? But, like, yeah, What's these are the like questions. for King George? But, like, you do start to feel for him because he just can't keep it together no matter what he does. Uh-huh. And it, it really, I thought, was... I mean, it's the most powerful scene of this, the whole season is when they show him an older age. And the only, only way he can communicate with Charlotte is when they're hiding uh, under the bed there. And mm-hmm. it's just... You feel for him that he he doesn't want to be in the situation any more than Queen Charlotte, and he's even more a prisoner of his own mind. And it's... Man, that's rough. And it really did make you feel for him after kind of like being like, what is this guy's deal for half the season? You know, they bring you back. Yeah, around. you're definitely questioning his his whole existence. And then when you figure it out, it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. It doesn't get any and, easier for him. And I'm trying to remember Ray J. Jean Page's like dark history in the first season, why he was so cold to. Uh, he just uh, hates his father, right? Right. That was the thing. He just hates his father. and It just seemed like he was a little bit. Petty, yeah, because he didn't want to turn out like his father. That's what the whole thing was. And it's like, ah, I don't know. But here, when you find out George's whole deal, it's like, oh, man, that is really bad. <laughs> yeah, you understand why all 13 of his kids don't want to procreate. Right. Don't want to end up like him. Because it's like uh, mom is, is mom is a bad mom and dad is crazy. Yep. In, in terms of the romance, I honestly think it does peak in the first episode of the season where he first sees her climbing over the wall and of course you have to put a lot of weight on that because that's the first time they meet but I wish there was just moments like that because it was so effective in showing that there's real chemistry between these two and they obviously have some chemistry in the bedroom which they did a fantastic job of showing so yeah, good for I, them yeah I think uh, the meet cute is very good but I th- I think like this the romance stuff in the episodes where they're just the odds and even days. I think there's a way to pepper in just like bickering between the two of them that's like a little cute. There's mm. really not that much of that. It's like one line, they're getting down. Show show the you love know? in between. Yeah. The part the part where they're in the kitchen and they basically just start knocking things off the table and start getting freaky. That's the kind <laughs> of stuff that's like that's their attraction towards each other. Now that would have been an interesting turn if they just made him like a freaky couple who just has like kinks that they need to work out. That'd have been something. Season two. I mean, yeah. See, and, and maybe he goes into his multiple zones of his head. Yeah, let's explore it. I I, I think the next biggest characters though are Brimsley and and um, and Reynolds. Reynolds, which. I didn't expect this because, again, we saw Brimsley in the first season. You don't think much of him. And 
they do a little towards the end to make Brimsley a little bit more fleshed out as the older version, but the the young one really brings it. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, Sam Clement. Uh, and you you really do start to feel like, oh, this is more than just a stand-in to, to help her out. He actually has feelings for Queen Charlotte. And then seeing how that interacts with Reynolds, who his lover, but is also kind of on the other side since he supports King George, seeing how they navigate that is interesting and still have a working relationship. And honestly, to your point there with having them bicker and show affection for each other, I think they could have Shonda could have cribbed a little bit more from that, actually, the Reynolds-Brimsley relationship, because I think they did a good job of threading the, the needle there of, okay, they have their own goals for supporting the king and queen, but you never forget for a second that they have affection for each other. Yeah, it always seems like they're disappointed when their people are at odds. Mm-hmm. And we see Reynolds is trying to bust in to get information from Charlotte to the king when he's in with Dr. Monroe and yeah. you know, and, and there's all this in the one where he, is it, she sends the letter to Adolphus and Reynolds is like, they're having the, the discussion about, Oh, who, what do I do about this? Like mm-hmm. their moral support for each other as well as, emo- you know, they're physically there and mentally there and emotionally there, even though they're sometimes at odds with each other professionally. Yeah. But it works. It, it begs, I think the flash forward begs the question, and another reason why I want season two: what happens to Reynolds? You know, I, I was thinking <laughs> the thing I was thinking was like, does Queen King George like have a freak out and murder Reynolds? Is is that what happens? Because like Reynolds is up in there all the time with King George, and King George. I can't think that might might be a little wild to assume that he would do that. He may be a werewolf. The, we've debunked the werewolf theory. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about that. Yeah, but yeah, we got to figure that out. But it, it's just a uh, surprising storyline, and, and part of that is just because I think you can also see. I mean, the guy who plays Older Brimsley, he's fine and everything. Uh huh. I don't think they ever anticipated to have a storyline <laughs> until they did the show and they realized, oh, we need a supporting character there around queen charlotte <laughs> to kind of be uh, speak for her when she can't you know and it works out <laughs> it worked yeah, out great worked. yeah and I, I think that brimsley is sort of the i would you know like he's like I, I don't know if there's quite an analogy in one of these other shows that we watched but he's this sort of naive rule follower mm-hmm. where she's this sort of stubborn stuck to her ways i will get what i want and he's like no 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 you got to do this you got to do this you got to do that yeah and and similarly to watching her get more jaded and worn and tired of this lifestyle and just trying to maintain we see brimsley is just gets wiser and mm-hmm. knows how to navigate around queen charlotte to the point that as an old man she questions whether or not he's ever been married or had a family like he <laughs> masters his job so effectively Never that asked them. He, be- he doesn't exist. Yeah. Absolutely. And just moving down the the tiers of importance of characters, I mean, just talking a little bit more about the storyline of older Lady Danbury and, and Lady Bridgerton, I enjoyed this a lot. <laughs> I did. I, I mean, it's a little silly. It's so silly. I when think it's much needed, though. the head though. of all the paper crowns, it's a little silly. But, As the season gets heavier with the George and Charlotte stuff. I, I did enjoy this counterbalance of Bridgerton being like, my garden's in bloom, y'all. 
I, I, I need my, to get some it's water. It's my time. I need to go get laid. And and the way Danbury is just so cool, calm, and collected. Like, yeah, do it. It's it's refreshing. And it, but the turn that it takes is that Danbury was hooking up with her daddy, though. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> that that's classic soap opera drama. I love it. <laughs> Shonda's like, I don't know if I want to go into the full fellows playbook here, but mm-hmm. I'll do it. Yeah. And obviously they leave us hanging with whether Lady Bridgerton finds a man or not, and they'll, they'll take that up next season. Uh, but it's not that storyline isn't taken so far as you have to watch the show to know what happens in season three of Bridgerton. <laughs> uh, because I think they could probably do the whole thing of her finding a new man in that season without having to do this all over. Uh, unlike the Star Wars show we were just talking about where <laughs> you have to watch Boba Fett to know what's going on in The Mandalorian. People just... Just forget all about that. Just stop watching those shows. Uh, I think I think the last major character, though, we haven't really talked about is just uh, Princess Augusta. Yeah. The mother. It, the queen mother. And part of that is just because she has kind of a thank, thankless role in terms of towing the line of being the rule setter and mm-hmm. uh, coming down on people for not falling in line and, and trying to help make sure that the lineage continues. But... I think Michelle Farley fairly is really effective in the role in, in, in terms of, especially with some of these younger actors were, I think even for King George and I know, you know, Arsima Thomas did theater and stuff. They haven't done that much TV. I think she's very good in terms of setting the tone for these scenes of, Hey, this is what's going on. You need to get, get with it, you know? And I think uh-huh. helps to raise some of the acting to it in those scenes just because she owns it so well. Yeah, she's good at playing mean and then slowly becoming more. The more you learn about King George and his affliction, the more you sort of see Princess Augusta making sure things are going well is protecting her son in a certain kind mm-hmm. of way. And there's a strange irony, and I don't know if they do enough of a job to connect these dots, and maybe it's just me connecting these dots, but Princess Augusta actually reminds me a lot more of older Queen Charlotte than, than anything just in terms uh-huh. of like having to under understanding the pressure of continuing the line and, and having to follow certain rules to make sure that things go because as much as Queen Charlotte is uh, kind of breaking rules like you know getting King George back out from Dr. Monroe not following what Princess Augusta is telling her to do you see later on she's the one saying like well no you have to get married because the law says, says that when you're betrothed you know when your brother says this as I'm forcing him to do like she's very much she knows the rule book and playing it and that's what where Augusta is when we see her so uh-huh. I think that more than anything that informs where Queen Charlotte is going in some ways yeah yeah but I hope we get if we do another season I hope we get more uh, her again because I thought she was good and maybe Show her aspiring with a man a little bit, you know. She she could get her her gardens blooming, and I'd love to see that. Show her soften up a little bit. Get uh, Sean Bean in there. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be all. That'd be amazing. Uh, a little redemption arc for the two of them. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, the show has the house style of the Bridgerton series. It looks uh, a piece with what's come before. I did. The, I mean, they used it a lot in the first season. I there was I felt like there was some restraint in terms of using familiar pop songs for the orchestral things. It wasn't quite as uh-huh. overbearing uh, or in your face as like here's a new Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande song, uh, you know, as a, like a recital. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, we we clocked that there was a few Beyonce songs for this, and I think there was a story that 
they want to do entirely like Beyonce music uh, in the background for this. Uh, but it, it felt more tasteful here. It felt, it felt deployed just right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not as hokey and didn't stand out as much. Because if like, I'm not well versed in Beyonce, so okay. some of them I was like, okay, and I had to look it up to say, oh, that's a Beyonce <laughs> song that was not, wasn't a hit or wasn't like a smash hit. Yeah. I'm more of a Solange guy, if you're curious, but I do I do like Beyonce, um, but yeah, no, I I think in terms of the style of the show and everything, like you said, it was crisp. It moved. It, uh-huh. The only thing that needs to be flagged is that Netflix misleadingly labeling these episodes as an hour long when they're like a buck fifteen, an hour and a half. It's like, come on, get out. Yeah. We'll watch it, but let me know because I may need to eat in between or do something. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta go check. You know, make a cup of coffee halfway through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that covers it, though, in terms of business to talk about for like the the characters of the show. Yeah, I think so too. And we can jump into our power rankings if it's time. All right. Yeah, I'm re- I'm ready to do it, man. All right. Well, for those that have never listened to a full season of this show, well, of the Lords of Grantham podcast, we've taken those power rankings that we do at the end of every episode and. Assign them numeric values. And in that, we're combining my rankings with Corey's rankings, putting them all in a spreadsheet, and letting the spreadsheet tell us who won and who lost. Mm-hmm. Who had the best overall and who had the worst overall. So, this is a thing that happens on our first season of the show. We only have 17 characters to discuss. Actually, 16 because of a little clerical error that I see right in front of me. But... yeah. 17 and one and one of the characters is the galaxy and venus i mean they're pretty important this season if they play yeah big i mean that is true that is true but it's not a character as much of a a thing that is out there an entity it's a noun yeah and one one of those is also a dog too as far as i'm aware hey it wouldn't be the first time you know lords of grantham love (laughs) love their animal characters so it's true I think we so, can start on the negative side. So that's all okay. of our downward votes that count as negative points. And keep in mind for those listening that some characters have good weeks and bad weeks and even each other out, net out at zero. Some characters that have terrible seasons stink it up and we'll talk about those characters. And some mm-hmm. characters that are consistently great and maybe only have one misstep just destroy it the whole show. So Sure. Let's start with number third place going down. Negative five points. That means, you know, that could mean consistently meh or mm-hmm. one or two bad weeks. Corey, who do you who do you got? Who do you guess who you think it is? I'm thinking just because he wasn't in too many episodes, maybe uh, it would be Doctor Monroe. Doctor Monroe is one of those characters that has one great week. And one terrible week, and he nets out a zero for both of us. Wow, okay. Comes in, takes over for the King's case, and the next episode promptly gets fired. Okay. That's all, all right, he then. has. Yeah. So I'll tell you, it's the man who gets a nice little upgrade in his lifestyle and then dies. Lord Danbury. Lord Danbury. <laughs> I mean, good. He's a piece of trash. 
he doesn't deserve to be anywhere near the middle rung or to, to near the top. He belongs in, in the bottom. I'm, I'm happy that he may have had a week or two to, to enjoy himself because Lady Danbury made it happen, but that guy is not a good guy. Yeah, he's getting credit for... I think he, he's one of those things where, like, historically he's a decent figure where it's like he's a per, one of the first people of color in this story to do that. Yep. Breaks the mold, but we see his wife is betrothed to him when she's, what, two? Yep. So he is a real creep of the highest degree. That was that was so the ne- way it was, I guess. Ne- uh, going up second place, negative seven points. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, to me, is a little shocking. Okay. Right here, but you have a guess who who you think it might be. Um, Queen Charlotte had a lot of L's <laughs> dealing with Queen King George, so I'm gonna say Queen Charlotte and her, f- and her children. Okay, King George. It's her. It's her brother. It's Adolphus. Adolphus. Adolphus is going down, huh? Yeah, Duke I guess Adolphus. Adolphus every Prince time Adolphus? he shows up, he's doing something meh you know like when he when he's he doesn't do anything good per se he's just yeah. around and he's getting rejected by lady danbury he's coming all the way from germany just to hang around to do nothing mm-hmm. i mean if anything he has a powerhouse first episode where he basically sells off his sister to get protection from the british government yeah but we didn't even know that as viewers retrospectively he, he makes the right calls he knows what he's got to do with queen charlotte getting her married off she he makes the right call to try and go for danbury it's just a bad timing it mm-hmm. just doesn't work out for adolphus you know that's fine yeah can't work out for everyone yeah not too much to talk about but first place we got a tie is it King negative nine points you're half right okay it's King George and his mother, Princess Augusta. Wow, really? Uh-huh. I knew King George had a lot of L's just because the mental instability just made for some rough weeks for him. But Princess Augusta, I didn't realize she had that many losses. Negative how much? Negative nine. Huh. She never clocks positive. King George clocks positive at the be- for me at the beginning and the end. I don't know what your individual episode rankings are. I can pull them up right now, but for me, King George goes positive three, negative two, negative three, negative three, then takes a week off, comes back with negative or comes back with positive one. So those, okay, and you got them worse off than I do. Yeah, but Augusta, I mean, she's the figurehead who's dealing with Lord Butte the whole time. She's getting played by Lady Danbury the whole time. She's really not in any great situation herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she tries hard. And I feel like she succeeds, though, in kind of making Danbury a good you know, informant for her and then even succeeding in getting Queen Charlotte to do stuff. But Queen Charlotte does get some Ws over her, so I, I get that. Yeah, Queen Charlotte and Lady Danbury kind of play her like a fool. Yeah, so it comes back around. Okay, all right, well. Well, that's the negative it. side. Again, only only 17 characters or 16 characters this time around. Yeah. So now let's jump to the positive side. Mm-hmm. In third place with positive six. Who do you got? Is it Reynolds? It's Reynolds. Hey. Basically, nothing for the first two-thirds of the season. Then the, the last two episodes, he kind of helps assist in the rehabilitation and public facing image of King George. Yeah. Helps to ring the alarm on the 
abuse that is going on with King George getting the safety, and you know, mm-hmm. good for him. He's a good guy. He's solid. He couldn't open the door to a carriage for some reason, but everything else, he did well. Yeah, can't knock it. Wait, no. a Brimsley for the record is positive three. So you know, uh, he's, he's kind of he's not quite as forward as uh, Reynolds is in terms of making yeah. stuff happen. So uh, second place, positive seven points. Hmm. Who do you got? Um, that's a good question. I'll say this is a divisive one between the two of us. Uh, Queen Charlotte? It's Queen Charlotte. I got her a positive 10. You got her a negative 3. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't think she, uh, she asserted herself enough during the season, but that's just me. I guess so. Well, it's her namesake on the show. Mm-hmm. I think she uh, obviously learned to flex in ways that might not be advantageous to many characters. And I think she learns the system and she learns sympathy and empathy for her husband. So, yeah, I mean, we're not here to argue. We're not here to necessarily debate because the numbers do not lie. Yeah, this is this is what has happened, which leads us uh, from from positive seven to positive 17 first I mean, place. It's this is hand, this is no question. It's Lady Danbury. Again, it's she's Lady the best Danbury. character on the season. She's so compelling. The actors who play both versions of her are so charismatic. I, mm-hmm. Like on both fronts, I think everything outclasses Charlotte with Danbury. She's so compelling. Yeah. And she actually fans. has a social struggle worth paying attention to, unlike Charlotte, who is just thrown to the top and left to figure things out. Right, you do inherently feel for Danbury a little bit more because she's yeah raised from birth to be betrothed to this guy, whereas Charlotte's living nicely already in Germany. She she you know she's kind of uh-huh. she's grumpy that she has to go from one rich situation to another one, but yeah, Danbury, she makes the best that she of her situation and she really goes all the way, and she got a little bit of ledger too in his crown or his hat, his hat, paper hat, birthday hat. Why do they keep calling it a hat when it looks like a crown? I don't understand that. I don't know. It must be just like some British thing. Or that was what a hat looked like back then. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's that. That's our... That's the rankings. That's how they shook out. Yeah. And if there's more Queen Charlotte, we have more meat on the bone to do this again. So We'll see. I mean, we may, you know, depending on how things line up, who knows? Maybe we do do one of the seasons of Bridgerton again. We'll see. Uh, we have a tentative idea of what show we uh, want to do next for the summertime because we're trying to line it up with uh, when the Guild Age is supposed to return. Potentially, this fall. yeah, supposedly. Uh, but we'll get to that. I'm not sure actually what we're going to do next week. Next week we might take you know a much deserved break. Well, Dave, you, we- I mean, I don't know if this is fair to share, but. You're going in on the house with your girlfriend. Yeah, so this is, uh, I guess it is fair to share because by the time this comes out, we'll have closed. So, closing Thursday. Or you just edit this out if you don't close. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, oh, yes, yeah, so if there's some, some unforeseen terrible thing. Yeah, so I'll be moving this weekend and next week. So maybe next week, uh, be busy just time get everything lined up. Going to be busy. Going to be, I think next week when we would usually record is my staff summer party. Oh. And then the next day is your birthday, and I'm yeah. going to see Weezer. And then the rest of the week, I'm going to be unpacking and moving and getting settled. So I think 
by the time the next week rolls around, two weeks we'll be back. And I think what we're going to have lined up is is something that's going to be satisfactory to the hardcore Lords of Grantham loyalists who have been with us for a while. It'll be a treat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be a nice breezy summer. I think we're just trying to we're trying to get by, we're trying to have fun. Not to say Queen Charlotte wasn't fun, obviously we both really liked it. But something something we love. Yep. But have not yet exactly. seen yet. Some with but from the minds of someone we love. Get excited. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Dave, have you been watching anything else in the interim? Uh so I I'm I'm like caught up with most of my shows and like I've been doing a lot of packing and I've been trying to like I'm trying to sink my teeth into something new, mm-hmm. and I know it's pretty short, but I watched the first episode of Jury Duty last night. Oh yeah, and it was a delight. Like everyone keeps talking about it, you know, freebie. Mm-hmm. Now it's on Amazon, so I don't need to deal with ads. Yep. But it's like my kind of show where it's a little bit chaos. It's a lot of prank show, and it's got James Marsden as himself, which is great. Yeah. I've watched a couple episodes of it, and he's definitely the highlight. The, the, the bit in the first episode where the guy's like, I watched Sonic, man. <laughs> it was sick. <laughs> I heard, I heard that the movie was bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only watched a couple episodes of that, but yeah, it definitely seems uh, charming. I think snackable is what I really, you know, yeah. when you're when you're moving your life into boxes and stuff, you need something to put on that you can just sort of like half pay attention to. Especially yeah. following like the HBO weight of Barry and Succession and stuff like that. It's like, give me just a snack. Let me have yeah, something, something simple. Something fun. What about you? Yeah. Anything good? I watched all that Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary series on Netflix. And I watched the first two episodes. I watched it again with my parents. Just ate it up. So good. So compelling. Schwarzenegger is like one of the most like charismatic stars we've ever had. And just seeing his whole story from athlete to actor to senator, it's like Governor. It's crazy. Governor, Governor, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, incredibly entertaining. Um, but aside from that, watching Never Have I Ever, uh, uh, the last season on Netflix. Just I'm just plugging Netflix shows. But uh, mm-hmm. I've been going. I've been seeing a lot, watching a lot of movies, catching up on stuff. You know, uh, I went and saw The Flash. I hated that movie. Really did not like it at all. <laughs> uh, okay. And then I saw Past Lives the next morning. Uh, which was fantastic. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it to our listeners. Um, it's romantic in a way you don't see in movies these days, but it, that's all I'll say on it. But the funny thing is, the director and writer of that movie is married to another guy who wrote this other movie that is starring the man who played Prince Charles on, on two seasons of The Crown, um, Josh O'Connor. Uh, uh-huh. The, the, they just debuted the trailer today with with Zendaya Challengers. Oh, I, saw, I so, just watched that trailer before. That looks like something. Oh, yeah. So the writer of that movie is married to the writer of Past Lives. And so, yeah, just bringing it all back around. Josh O'Connor, Prince Charles from The Crown. He's starring in a big movie coming out in September with Zendaya. So. He's second bill, too, in the trailer. Get hype. Yeah. This is the, this sure. the come up for him. Watch the trailer and say what you're hyped for. I mean, I'm, I'm hyped, but I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to the theater for that one. You're not really. No, that's not my. That's not a theater movie for me. Oh, this dude! Everyone's gonna be talking about it. You'll you'll be in the theater. I don't know. I don't know if tennis and love triangles are enough to get me in the theater. Josh O'Connor, maybe. That's that's the maybe hook. maybe. <laughs> uh, but until then, maybe we you can find us everywhere else. It, it, you can 
you know, we have a Patreon, we have a Facebook with Lord's Grantham Lounge. We may record a bonus episode shortly. We just got to figure yeah, out. Yeah, we're what, uh, once I think once the summer really gets into the drive mode, everything's going to come a little bit more easily to us. So yeah, we'll talk about no your house about for an that. episode. We'll just yeah, talk I mean, about absolutely. that. We'll give you a video tour. Dave, are you going to name your house the Downton something? No, I don't. I'm, I don't know. The big question is, what's the Wi-Fi network going to be called? Because everyone in the neighborhood always sees that. When you live in a city, you look at the Wi-Fi, you look for something punny. So we're trying to think oh, of something no, punny. I, I no, I just go with whatever Verizon gave me because uh, I think that ensures I have the fastest connection. What I've once heard. But uh, no, so don't mess with it, and it's fast. That's what I heard, or it's the password. Don't change the password, and that keeps it fast. Okay. But, anyways, though. You can subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon if you so choose. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Hit us up at lawrencegranthamgmail.com. Uh, and you can find our whole uh, episodes on any podcast uh, streamer that you use. Leave us a five-star rating and review if you so choose. You can also find all our episodes on our Podbean site. And we really thank you for listening to us talk through all of Queen Charlotte here. Yeah, what a journey. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll see you next time on the pod. Yeah.